Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Mark sixteen fifteen. This afternoon we're going to talk about the parable of the great banquet. And the idea is don't get discouraged by excuses. Mark sixteen fifteen says, And he said unto some, or he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And we know from this that God wants us to be evangelistic. In fact, God commands us to be evangelistic. And by evangelistic, I mean sharing the gospel with people or getting people under the sound of the gospel so that hopefully they'll trust Christ as their Savior. And I believe with all my heart, every person in this room believes that command and wants to obey that command. I believe that. I believe that you folks in this room understand the importance of evangelism, and I believe that you want to be evangelistic. So in order to help us fulfill that command, we've decided that Easter Sunday this year, we're going to really focus on being evangelistic. And we're going to do that by inviting people. And, you know, we love our church. We love the Lord. We, we love Easter. And it's easy for us to be excited about Easter. It's, it's easy for us to, to start inviting people. And then we start doing it. And then you hear someone say, well, we'll see. Or, no, thank you. Or, you know, that doesn't work for me. Maybe it works for you. It just doesn't work for me. And if you're not careful, after initial enthusiasm, after a few cold shoulders or rebuffs, you might begin to get discouraged. Well, this message anticipates that that is likely to happen. And we're going to address that. And we're going to address how do you stay enthused, how do you stay motivated and excited about inviting people to church. Because to you and I, it, it doesn't make sense. We love church. We love the Lord. We love Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, whatever you want to call it. There's not a better place to be. There's nothing better to celebrate than the resurrection of Jesus Christ proving that he was who he says who he said he was and could do what he said he was going to do and and we're excited why wouldn't anybody want to be here and it's almost beyond our comprehension that others aren't as excited as we are and in fact some may be negative and in fact some may make fun well why don't we just go ahead and anticipate that that might happen and there's a wonderful story in Scripture that talks about that very thing. And from that, we can learn in advance, as we begin this project, how to deal with it when it happens. In Luke chapter 14, beginning in verse number 15, it says the following. And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat the bread in the kingdom of God. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper. I mean, this isn't just a supper. It is described as a great supper. 
Think of your favorite foods. Think of all the wonderful things that you love. For me, it would be all things Cajun. You know, it'd be fried turkey, it'd be jambalaya, it would be gumbo, it'd be etouffee. This is going to be a great supper. And it says, he bade many, he invited many. In verse number 17, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, come, for all things are now ready. You know, he's, he's ring, you know, the triangle thing, you know, ring it, you know, it's supper time, come and get it. And they with all one consent, and they all with one consent, what? What? Began to make excuse. Go figure. A great feast? The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of land, or I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. What? Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee have me excused. What is, have you, you're not coming? No, I'm not coming. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Now that I understand. <laughs> that one. <laughs> I mean, if anybody, if any of the three has a legitimate excuse, okay, that guy, okay, you, you get a pass. No, that's, that's not a good excuse either. So that servant who's got to be scratching his head and just walking back to his master, you know, maybe stoop-shouldered, and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, go out quickly. No, don't stop. Don't stop. Turn around. Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. We, we got room for more, Master. And the Lord said unto the servant, I'm between the lines, don't be discouraged. Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. That is, those that were bidden and didn't come. I can imagine this servant going out. This is going to be a feast. What are we having? Oh, man, this is going to be great. Folks are going to love it. I can't wait to go and invite folks. He's out there enthusiastically inviting people to this great supper. Who wouldn't want to be invited to a great meal like this? You know, I'd be, I'd be shocked. And I'm sure he was shocked. I would think he was shocked. When people begin to make excuse. And I wouldn't be surprised. It doesn't say so, but it just makes sense to me that he would be perplexed and on top of that even more discouraged. Now, we're excited about Easter. And we're excited about inviting people. And we're asking, as far as evangelism efforts go... I think we've made this first one about as easy as it gets. You know, at the drugstore, at the grocery store, talking to your neighbor. We'd love for you to come and celebrate Easter with us. That's all you got to do. Or you're thinking, 
You know, I haven't seen John in a long time. What's his address? Let me get his address. I'm, I'm going to write John a note. John, I haven't seen you in a long time. You know, would, would you come and, and you know, love to invite you to our, to our Easter service? Don't be surprised because human nature hasn't changed in all these years if you don't get an enthusiastic response from everyone. Like I said, this country, this nation is actually turning more and more hostile towards us Christians. Let us just be prepared for the fact that people are going to make excuses But don't let that turn into discouragement and defeat you. I think one of the greatest tools that the devil uses to hamper the work of the Lord is very simply discouragement. I can get discouraged. You can get discouraged. We can all of us be susceptible to it. Listen to this make-believe story. Once upon a time, it was announced that the devil was going out of business and would sell all his equipment to those who were willing to pay the price. On the big day of the sale, all his tools were attractively displayed. There was envy, jealousy, hatred, malice, deceit, sensuality, pride, idolatry, and other uh, implements of evil on display. Each of those tools was marked with its own price tag. Over in the corner by itself was a harmless-looking, wedge-shaped tool, very much worn down. But still, it bore a higher price than any of the other things. Someone asked the devil what it was, and he answered, Oh, that? That's discouragement. The next question came quickly. Why is it priced so high, even though it is plain to see that it is more worn than the others? Because, replied the devil, it is more useful to me than all these others. I can pry open and get into a man's heart with that when I cannot get near him with any other tool. Once I get inside, I can use him in whatever way suits me best. It's worn well because I use it on everybody I can, and few people even know that it belongs to me. The tool of discouragement. Now, think about it. As I think about Satan trying to uh, get any of us sidetracked, chances are, I would think, I mean, it can happen, he's not going to get you sidetracked through... You know, anything, I mean, you're not going to go out and murder somebody. You're not going to go out and rob a bank. You're not going to have an affair. You're not going to go to a casino. You're not going to do those things. And all of those things would sidetrack you. All of, if you're doing that, you're not going to be handing out invitations for people to come to church. And so, you know, I got to believe, I want to believe, and I think I can believe that most of you in, these room, in this room would not be sidetracked by that. But there's a real likelihood that discouragement could be used. Am, am I right? I mean, where he can't use some of those other weapons, discouragement, he could use that. The truth of the matter is, probably every one of us in this room have been susceptible to 
discouragement at one time or another, and maybe susceptible often, and maybe even susceptible today. So, the Lord puts in his word, knowing that we might be prone to be discouraged even in this effort, our Easter evangelistic outreach, knowing that we might get discouraged, there's a, there's a, a, a story in the Bible that we just read that we, when we look at it, we can, be, we can counteract that discouragement. We, we can be prepared for its eventuality. Let's learn some important truths from this passage that will keep our evangelistic zeal moving when we start hearing all these excuses. Number one, understand this, God does use his servants to invite people to him. And that's what this story is symbolic of. Inviting them to a great feast is inviting them to the Lord. Luke 14, 17, and he sent his servant at supper time to say to to them that were bidden, come, for all things are now ready. He sent his servant. Okay? And the Lord now sends us. We are his servants. We're not bidding them to a feast per se. We are bidding them to come to the Lord. Understanding that we're saved by the grace of God, but we're saved to serve. And we serve by inviting people to Christ. By sharing with them our testimony, by opening the Bible and showing them scripture, by giving them literature, or inviting them to an Easter service. We are his That's the way he works it. So if his servants aren't doing it, his plan is thwarted. Okay? It's, it's not going to happen. So understand that we are instrumental in the plan. We, and we should think of it as a privilege that we get to go representing the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The rest of the world may not appreciate it. The rest of the world may not get it. They, they, they don't get it. They, don't see it. they think we're crazy. But we have been saved, and we are servants, and we are bidden to go into the world and preach the gospel. And what we need to be encouraged by, number two, is what we are inviting people to is good. Then said he unto them, a certain man made a great supper and bade many. One of the reasons we ought to be enthusiastic is what we're asking them to come to and coming to hear the gospel and hopefully get saved. There's there's nothing greater in the world that any person could ever experience. What we're wanting for them is good. Our efforts are not selfish. Our our efforts are are, are not to to, to brag or to bring a claim to ourselves or or to to build numbers. No, it's simply caring about people that if they die in their sins, their children die in their sins, their spouses die in their sins, they're going to spend eternity in hell. And Jesus is the only way to escape that. And we know that. And as his servants, we are sent And what we're inviting people to is good. Just like this master planned this meal, prepared this meal, and paid for this meal, the king of kings has planned this. He's prepared it. He's paid for it. And what we're asking folks to come to, we need to be relentless. We we need to do it no matter what, because... It's God's provision to satisfy the soul's hunger. Every want, every want, every need of the soul can be satisfied with the gospel.
And it's provided free of charge, if you will, by simply receiving God's free gift. So we are servants of God, and what we are commissioned to do is good. It's a good thing. We're not conquering nations. We're not trying to be selfish. We're not in it for ourselves. It is a noble endeavor that God has chosen us to share with people something that is so good. However, and again, I've preached on this in the past, perspective is so important. You know, you've you got to have the right... It, it, if you were to go into this endeavor thinking, yes, I'm all in. Give me 20 cards to hand out and 20 cards to mail. And you start mailing them out and you start handing them out. And you're, you're naive and you don't have the right perspective. The first person that says, I don't want that. I'm not interested in that. You poor deceived soul. If you're, not, if you're immature, I could do it for you. I mean, you could be done. Oh, forget this. I wasn't expecting that. I thought everybody would be interested. I thought everybody would be on board. So you'd be, you'd be destined to be defeated through that. So we need to understand that in spite of it being a great event, people, nonetheless, as hard as it is for us to understand that as believers, will make excuses. Luke 14, 18, And they all with one consent began to make excuses. Understand this, folks. How is it that we can be so excited? How is it that we can know the benefits of being in an Easter service and the Holy Spirit touching a heart and someone walking the aisle and getting saved? How, how is it that we can know this and at the same time somebody else say, no, thank you? We have to remember in our efforts, it's a spiritual warfare it's spiritual warfare and we we need to have that as our perspective you know we need to understand that people are deceived people are distracted and people are dead in their trespasses and sins so again, when you know that, you will go into this with a mature attitude, a mature spirit. You're not going to be shocked. You're not going to be taken aback. You're going to understand that people are going to make excuses. Now, what can be frustrating about this, as we've already read, is number four, the excuses people make will be, for lack of a better word, lame. They'll, they'll be lame. And they, with all one consent, began to make excuses. The first said unto him, I bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. What? Another said, I brought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. Wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. And we laugh, but in reality, what's the deal with that? You see, they, they said, I bought land, and I got to go see it? What, you buy land unseen? What, what, a, what a lame excuse. That's, you're just searching for excuses, and that's what lost people will do. I brought an, a yoke of oxen. I've got to go prove them. I've got to go make sure they're of good health. Well, wait a minute. You didn't do that before you bought them? And it just shows the extent to which people will go to, to, to avoid God, to, to avoid being under the influence of God. This guy that got married, you would think, hey, honey, guess what? 
we got a date tonight. You know, Ralph down the street here, he's, he's got a great feast tonight. And so to say I got married and can't come, no, it seems like you would go because you are married. And again, it just shows how deceived and distracted and dead in their trespasses and sins men are. And again, you're far less likely to get discouraged now or in other evangelistic efforts. You won't get discouraged if you are expecting this. I love this quote from Warren Wearsby concerning what we're talking about. He said, people today make the same mistake that the people in the parable made. They delay in responding to the invitation because they settle for second best. You've got to remember this, and that should break our hearts. They're settling for second best. You and I are going to come to the Easter service, and we're going to hear the choir, and we're going to hear the special music, we're going to hear the, the Word of God, and our hearts are going to be uplifted and blessed, and we're going to be better people now because of it, and even better than that, we're going to spend eternity in heaven and never have another worry in, in the world, and... But, but these people are settling for something so, so, so far inferior. He says, There is certainly nothing wrong with owning a farm, examining, purchasing, or spending an evening with your wife. But if these good things keep you from enjoying the best things, then they become bad things. The excuse makers were actually successful people in the eyes of their friends, but they were failures in the eyes of Jesus Christ. But the idea is, it's sad, but don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. I would think, doesn't say it in the scripture, but knowing human nature, that this servant that went out and kept asking people and asking people and hearing these lame excuses, I can't help but believe that he was discouraged. So then... Moral of the story is, throw in the towel, say, you know, I'm not participating anymore. No, and here's here's the message right here. After all of that, we must compel them to come in. And the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. You've gone to the city? Don't stop. Go further. This is, this is outside of town. Go out to the highways and hedges. Urge them. Plead with them. Press them earnestly. Press them one and all to come. And you will have people come. <coughs> the verse prior to this talks about the halt, the maim. You know, there were people that came. He said, my house wasn't full. But, but the idea is some people will come. In many cases, it'll be, it will be the down and outers. But you know, it's our responsibility to love the down and outers. It's our responsibility to welcome anybody that walks through these doors with open arms. Whether they're dressed in a nice suit and they drive up in a nice car, or whether they are walking down the street and they walk in here and got, got tattoos and body piercings and whatever, God loves every single one of them. And it's our responsibility to treat them with respect and be glad when they are here. And the idea is, don't 
get discouraged. We've only got a few short weeks before we're going to experience our Easter service. Don't get discouraged. And the idea here is keep going. If you've got to go further out. You know, when we think about this, when we think about handing a card to somebody or mailing a card, for all of us, we're going to start with our inner circle. You know, our neighbors, you know, the people we see at the store, the people we know at the store. If, if you have kin folks around here, you, know, you, you start with them. But you may get rebuffed. You may have them tell you, I'm not interested, or I'm busy, or I bought a, bought a yoke of oxen, I got to go prove them, I brought some ground, I got to go see it, you know, I just got married, I can't come. We'll, we'll get all those excuses. Don't let that discourage you. Think beyond that, okay? They're not coming. They're not coming. And, and you know, you're going to start with your inner circle, and then you start, you start working out, and just do like this parable teaches us. Okay, now think outside the box, you know. Okay, well, I'll just drive. I don't know anybody in, uh, what's down the road here? How did y'all know that? Everybody knew I taught McKinley. Yeah. The most out-of-the-way place in the world. You know, say, you know, I'll just go to McKinley and pass out. You know, go to the store. Do they have a store there or a gas station or whatever? You know, but, you know, you, you just start thinking outside of the box. But what you don't do is you don't get discouraged. You just keep broadening your circle. And, and when somebody... You know, most people aren't ugly, but even if somebody is ugly, you know, no no thank you, you know, just kind of put it back in your hand. Don't, you know, think about this story. Think about this parable and say, okay, I'll go further. I'm going to think outside the box. Uh, You know, I did business with somebody in West Branch. What's the name of that business? I'm going to send, invite their whole staff to our, our Easter service. I'll look up online and I'll get their address. You know, what, whatever, you, whatever you have to do. You know, and, and, and we've, we're doing one service to keep it simple. Okay, and I explained that last week. And one of the things you can do, you don't have to, you know, invite somebody over to your house. You know, hey, come to church and then we're going to come over to our house and we're going to have an Easter, Easter meal or, or what have you. But again... This, to me, is crystal clear, this story. And, and it's so, you know, it gives us a perspective that is accurate. We will enthusiastically get behind this whole evangelistic outreach for Easter. And we will start handing out cards, and we will start mailing out cards. And invariably, somebody is going to not respond well. Don't get discouraged. Keep going. Keep passing out because some will come. We don't know who will or who won't. That's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to give the invitation. You come. Here's a quote from Wearsby and we're done. He says concerning this parable. But the message of this parable applies to all lost sinners today. God still says all things are now ready. Come. Nothing more need be done for the salvation of your soul. For Jesus Christ finished the work of redemption when he died for you on the cross and arose from the dead. 
The feast has been spread. The invitation is free. And you are invited to come. I believe with all my heart you folks want to get on board, and you will get on board. But I also believe that, as we said earlier, one of the chief weapons of Satan isn't for people in this room to start committing adultery or robbing banks or anything like that. Far more effective for him, weapon for him. And it, it's just as effective. I mean, whether you rob a bank and get thrown in jail and you can't hand out invitations, or whether you just simply get discouraged and don't hand out invitations, the results are still 100% effective. Let's, let's ask God that whether in this evangelistic effort or any to come in the future, that we not get discouraged. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mayo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.